0: I'm
1: Hello and welcome to Monocle on Culture. I'm Robert Bounds. You are perhaps unlikely to recognise the voices of my guests today, but they're easily identified by their unrivaled ability to handle the strings of a guitar. Rodrigo and Gabriela met as teenagers in Mexico City and bonded through their love of music. They formed a heavy metal band but quickly became disillusioned by their home country's music scene and left for Ireland. There, on the streets of Dublin, they strummed their way from buskers to superstars. Twenty years after the release of Rodrigo y Gabriela's first album, they've amassed millions of fans, worked on a film score with Hans Zimmer, and picked up a Grammy. The pair's new album, In Between Thoughts, A New World, bears the thumbprint of this vast experience, yet takes their always instrumental sound in a new electronic direction. All the while provoking that same instinctive toe-tapping and head-bobbing that their records have become known to elicit. Gabriella, it is wonderful to have you both here. I feel kind Thank of you. like an otherworldly experience actually. I've been listening to your records for years and you're such a sort of brand name. Actually, to have the two people, Rodrigo e. Gabriela in the room, seems wonderful. Congratulations on your new LP, In Between Thoughts. Dot 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 A New World. Oh, were. we're gonna get into presumably some of the themes of that. Record during our conversation. But I wanted to start off by asking you about the new album, a new impetus. It must be very exciting. You kind of peel off a skin, perhaps. I don't know how you feel about it, and kind of enter the world afresh when you've got a new LP out. How does it feel for you guys?
2: Well, it's just for us such an incredible thing because this album, we did it during the pandemic and it's been there. That,
1: oh, I remember that. <laughs> so <laughs>
2: it's, it seems like now it was the time the right time to put it out so we're so happy and uh, and happy that we're able to do this after 20 years yeah career you know
1: does it feel like you put this you've got a new record out a new body of work you fuse it in and out of, of some of your sort of greatest hits and your old stuff presumably as part of your live shows as well but does it feel like you get a shot in the arm when suddenly a new album is on the horizon or you know like we're speaking on release day today i believe that must be sort of super exciting
0: yeah, it is. I think after 20 years or, you know, 20 plus years, we are super grateful and lucky, mm. not only because we were able to tour and f- have this, uh, like, excitement, you know, and um, but as well the story of this album is quite particular because mm. we not only the concept of it, but uh, what's behind, what happened when we uh, recorded and what happened during the recording. Basically, we actually moved from uh, our management after 20 years at the same time that everything was happening. And we found new people, Mm -hmm. new management. The labels, you know, the labels we were, you know, we had to either get a new deal with them or or look for a new label. Everything was kind of the end of a cycle, really, after 20 years, you know, because we had been with the same management, same label. Everything had to change. Mm -hmm. And uh, we kind of reproduced this, this thing without telling anyone because we didn't have you know we didn't have management it was weird not to have a management you know someone checking in exactly, someone knocking like on a, the door to see I how think, it's going i think when we were recording we actually had it but uh the relationship wasn't there anymore you yeah. know we didn't tell the management so it was like it was a situation where we had to feel like we were like as the new like new band mm-hmm. really like we felt like 20 plus years uh, uh, ago but with a new, you know, with all the experience of being part of the industry and the
1: confidence and all the rest of it that goes with it, but yeah, and it, the fear, it's still tough to to make a break like that. Yeah, I mean, because you get fearful too. Of course, yeah. it's like. I mean, this, we have something this, to protect, i like maybe 20 years ago you were very young bucks, you were new on the scene. Your type of music also was quite tried, untried and untested, I exactly. suppose, to be complete, completely wordless, you know, mostly acoustic. So, I mean, I, I meant that sort of shedding of a skin, but it really, it does feel, like I didn't realise that it you changed a lot f- more it's things. A, it's like a new
0: band, yeah. and it feels, because the new team is so excited, yeah. we feel like, man, we feel like we are 20, you know, it's like, <laughs> they are so excited, and we, we got the band record deal from you know yeah.
1: our careers we, you know it's like it's amazing yeah. um, I should say I should let our listeners in um, shine some light in upon the magic of the studio experience here Rodrigo and Gabriela are very good looking people very well preserved um, presumably all that fretwork all that strumming, all those strings are very good. They're good for the body, I, I presume. But what else is going on? Because uh, Rodrigo, you're also wearing a, a sort of flight suit, an all in one flight suit, I feel like you might have just walked in <laughs> out of, as an extra in Top Gun Maverick. No, uh... I feel like we should also be saluting you. Is this part of the on stage? It's part of the on stage. Is this you what know, you're gonna be wearing on stage at the yeah, roundhouse? For sure. Time? Yeah, I don't okay. I don't
0: want to sh- sp- special things. but. Um, yeah, I I, feel, I, I think it's part of it. I think this uh, new album brought, because of the concept that we will probably talk yeah. about, yeah. it brought like a new light,
1: you know, into the whole perspective of uh, our lives, you know? So I want to just we'll come on to some of the themes and the making of and the belief behind some of the beliefs behind the album and the, and the themes of it. but I'd love to talk about the the music the musicality of it because it's you're, you're famous for um, being you know the dynamism of your your albums and your live performances is sort of second to none. but this is particularly interesting. Tell us about you've gone in a little bit more of an electric and an electronic direction with this lP Gabriella, tell us what your kind of first thoughts were and how far the album has strayed perhaps from those first thoughts to be the thing that people can listen to today.
2: Yes, well, I'd like to also give a little bit of context of (laughs) how this album came to be. When we were about to do a big tour of the Metavolution album which was the album that won the Grammy yeah. so we were just like so happy and we got a big tour coming up it was a, a lot of fuss about the Grammy thing so we were just facing a long uh, long tour and in, we were going to go to Mexico for the first time in, in a few years and so everything was sold out and we were just like delighted <laughs> and all of a sudden wow, wow. <laughs> the All world right. stopped, <laughs> and so we had to go back to Siwatanejo, where we live in yeah. our hometown. Um, and we're very lucky in the sense like we are neighbors. He lives like a few houses away from my house, mm-hmm. but we also in the mid in the middle of our houses. It's our studio.
1: Whereabouts in Mexico is this? You mentioned the name. You...
2: Cihuatanejo. Right. It's a place that you can hear about in the film called Frame Redemption. Oh, yeah. They go at the end to... And they went, the real people went, so it was a true story, but that's another...
1: So you kind of met in the studio, I guess, just to hang out? To, you were it's, in each other's bubbles. Do you remember the it's, bubbles it's, that we were allowed to yeah, exactly. Yes, God. exactly. So <laughs>
2: we were We just meeting, and we went to the studio. We were just doing a lot of music there and playing, and also we were just every day we were just putting something mm-hmm. and said and Rod was like yeah let's do one track every day every day every day it doesn't matter if it covers it doesn't matter and it was crazy I feel so much respect for the people that have YouTube channels and all so mm. much work
1: <laughs> Content provider <laughs> that dreaded phrase don't go there That's
2: <laughs> terrible and so at some but point it's a discipline thing presumably you know, for you
1: guys as well to yeah, get it's something it's... down every day And
2: for us because we've been for 20 years or more Mm. being on the road and all of a sudden it was like well the, the apocalypse, you know like what's gonna happen the, the world is gonna so we were in mexico in this place which is a tropical apocalypse version of the no- <laughs> apocalypses so me and rodrigo were like like what are we going to do you know so and our way to sort of process that stress and uncertainty because no one knew what's going to happen mm. and i think that's the worst thing you complain to a human being yeah. it's like uncertainty so
0: but it's necessary right
2: it is but for us worked in the sense like we played we played music like titanic was sinking and the musicians were playing right so <laughs>
1: <that's> you're <laughs> rearranging the deck chairs okay so me and rodriguez <laughs> i'd like to point out to our listeners that the album does not sound like the oncoming apocalypse but no
2: <laughs> no but um at some point, we got exhausted, you know, just posting things every day and like that. And so we came back to keep playing. And all of a sudden, all of these tunes they start to coming in mm-hmm. very easily. And I, our, idea about this was that because we were not thinking ahead we were not thinking what is the audience going to think what our fans are going to think about this because we didn't know what the world was going to keep going you know so it was we kind of got momentum and all of this music started coming in really quickly
1: well, it's an amazing thing. I mean, the proof of the pudding is in the listening, I guess, to this because there are so many strong melodies as well. There's all that wonderful structure and dynamism and musicality, but it's got just so many good tunes on it in a very basic, in a very basic way, <laughs> which is what everyone wants as well, and it's wonderful for the live experience. Um, but I'm pleased to know that you you, you bubbled, uh-huh. uh, and this is the this is the process of it, and that, that it came out of some sort of tropical apocalypse, <laughs> potential tropical <laughs> tropical apocalypse. I'm glad we didn't have to necessarily go there but it sounds quite <laughs> yes. beguiling actually yes. as well um, and, and tell us and we've kind of f- hedged around the, the themes of this album but the LP I understand comes from some sort of new held beliefs or perhaps old held beliefs but you're crystallising them more perfectly and more precisely perhaps in the music on this new record so tell us a little bit and, and the, the, remind our listeners that the al- album is called In Between Thoughts A New in World, World. Now, that I've been scratching my head about that since I yeah, heard yeah. that that was the name.
0: So, it might need some explanation. How long do we have here uh, to talk about this? This is a 63-hour <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're okay. doing in chapters like the Bible. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Basically, I mean, this, this is a concept that um, is based on the non-dualism uh, philosophy, which mm-hmm. is... Uh, It's what we called here in in the West uh, to the Advaita Vedanta philosophy, which is an Indian philosophy, like pretty old. Uh, Buddhism is based on it. And in fact, in many ways, a lot of religions have taken from it, although this is not a religion. This is a philosophy of how you can change the perception of your life. By just adding the fact that you are the observer of real, of what's happening, mm-hmm. and you can experiment with it, and uh, self inquiry is really important to kind of understand this philosophy. And I ran into it while I was getting like I, I got the COVID, and it wasn't that bad, but it took me like two months to. So really slows you down, right? Yeah, big time. Did mm-hmm. you get it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. <like> being hit <laughs> yeah. by a truck. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: It took me like two months to be able to walk, like to to walk out, you know, to walk my dog, yeah. you know, and not feeling dizzy. And anyways, because we've been kind of meditating for so many years, different techniques, Gap, her own techniques, and 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 I found this non-dual thing through some video. I've had heard probably before about this, but I I wasn't ready to understand open to be open, to something, to, be like open that. to something like that. Mm. I was more into like, uh, yes, let's let's do this Buddhist technique or whatever, you know, for many years. So this is meditation as no, part this, of it. No, just. I a... mean, meditation is great, but this is actually is some is some kind of self-realization of mm-hmm. understanding that. Um, hold on a second. Yeah, I'm not my body. I'm not my thoughts. You know. So who am I? Who am I exactly? You start asking all these really important questions. If I'm actually able to see my thought and if the thought is happening and something is something or somehow I'm being aware of this thought. So what exactly is is that awareness that is actually aware of
1: me, Mm -hmm. you know, of this reality? So this is a, so there's an idea of oneness, or is, is it the yeah, idea of that everything is split into a million infinities? No, it's, infinities?
0: it's, it's actually it's just the one thing, the one ultimate reality that is witnessing this okay. through and expresses through us, through our bodies and through sounds and uh, light and whatever, and forms. And everything is an expression of the one thing,
1: which is... But you are a duo, so how many <laughs> fights have you had over this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where the non duo duo. But in a serious way, I wonder how, yeah, because you've
1: got to be on the same page with <laughs> this. It, it's, it's informing your musical direction, and it's informing, presumably, yeah, how you are live and stuff as <laughs> well. We are we a duo, we are, you know, um, we, we're winning hero. that arm wrestle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> instrumental band Mm -hmm. how does that work when you're trying to impart messages or not messages but the idea of this new belief how do you do that in music only Mm -hmm. yeah for for this album it's something
0: well it's been like that forever in our case but um there's something that you can not really put into words but if you have an idea uh, like a painter you Mm. know you paint something you have the idea we have this frequency, if you want to call it, of some kind of topic that we are really feeling into. And that's been expressed through what's, you know, the best way we express things, which is through music, right? So in that particular case, we were actually writing the music and we were recording the music as we are writing each tune. And at the same time, because we we knew it was all about this topic on those days. And once we agreed on like, okay, we understand what, well, Everyone had kind of a, their own kind of ways to understand this Advaita Vedanta process. But then Gav started to kind of write story, mm-hmm. like story. We wrote the music kind of first, but the story was... Fallen into the soundtrack that uh, it was kind of the other way around. We did the soundtrack to a film that actually was written after the music. I felt you know?
1: this so much. I felt this yeah. listening to the new album that it is so I want to watch the film. Okay. Exactly. I exactly. really feel yeah, like yeah. it has got such a story to it somehow. Yeah. Mm.
0: It's true, though, because at the end kind of we were kind of we never even changed the order, you know, as we're recording, we were writing, then recording, the nine songs. We felt that the story was perfect the way it was, you know. We mm-hmm. never changed that. And we even even actually could remember the first song when we finished the, the album because the process was so different. Mm-hmm. It was so different. We had to relearn the songs. And especially after all the things that we added on top of all the electronics and everything, it was like a
1: band that we were covering, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so good. It's fascinating to sort of hear that. And I want to... You, you're obviously... With the new album comes a new tour. It's a big, big undertaking. I mean, you're fantastic live. People, your fans love you, and you're you're such a good live, you know, live proposition as well. What about touring? Do you have to kind of after twenty years, as you say, at the top, do you have to kind of take a deep breath? Do you still love it as much as you used to? And where on this tour? This is a multi-part question, but there are no points. (laughs) Um, I just wonder where you really look forward to going on the the tours, because you're loved all over the world.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And especially this time will be uh, different from the way we've done it before, because... Mm -hmm we will have well
1: because he's flying the plane right? he's flying yeah. the plane so, yeah, uh, that's, that's <laughs> Captain Chase it's like Bruce Dickinson <laughs> yeah exactly yeah.
2: Captain <laughs> um, yes yeah, so it's going to be crazy um, because we'll have the Stems uh, playing with us you mm-hmm. know so part of the show we wanted to respect the album as it was recorded not to do another version of the album acoustically or so we wanted to make it sound like the way they sounded on the album, so and that's the first time we're gonna do that as as this band, you know. Right. So that's exciting
1: because you've got yeah as you say there's electronics involved there's an orchestra or there's orchestration on the lp like a full orchestra like the
0: symphonic orchestra uh, of bulgaria and sofia Mm -hmm. which are kind of the best orchestras in eastern europe Mm -hmm. when we finished the album we said like we have a friend that we have worked with for years and um, because we've done some shows with orchestras before and then this guy has actually done the arrangement for it it's called adam kirk Mm -hmm. and then uh, he's an amazing young composer and writer and arranger and he said like hey we want to put orchestra to this project and he sent us all this amazing uh, orchestration like with the best uh, sounding digital orchestras that he's got. And in fact, a lot of bands use those ones instead of paying for a real orchestra, you know? Peg, exactly. kind of. Yeah, exactly. I need a bit of, so you've worked with Hans Zimmer, but I think exactly. that's a lot of, it. I
1: need a bit of Hans Zimmer here. Exactly. You
0: whack it in and it works. <laughs> but even those guys, they use electronic orchestra and the real orchestra. Mm. They, they use both. The samples were amazing. And we loved it and said like, and what about if we actually had an orchestra? I said like, you crazy? So, we cannot travel kind now. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cla- <laughs> but we're he could. He crazy. could drive. You know, he drove from uh, uh, Vienna to Sofia. But <laughs> he found that that orchestra was actually working, not live, but he was. Re- they were recording, mm-hmm. and they loved the project. And we said like, let's fucking do it. And we were actually mm-hmm. doing it as. We said before, we're producing this album ourselves. We didn't have a yeah. fucking
1: label, nothing. So like fuck the shit, let's let's do it. And uh, yeah. It's Everything. amazing. So yeah. you're sort of like going back to sort of homemadeness, but also you've got the largesse of an orchestra. Yeah. So you're taking orchestra with your, all of your No, this is dates. this is this is this so is, how is plan. Look? Yeah. So Sorry. the first the first year, <laughs> which is this year, uh, we we're
0: doing this victory in America, then big tour in the fall here in Europe. And then this is, we're gonna do uh, the backing tracks. And some nights we have some guests, friends we have, some, but mm-hmm. that's not the point. Next year we are doing the orchestra tour. Oh, wow. Which is it's gonna be different venues, different, you know, because it's orchestra, different yeah.
1: logistic. Yeah, I'm presuming you're playing different parts, there's it's, different ways to bring exactly. them in. And exactly. Yeah. Just being how you are on stage, is, yeah. you get used to a certain arrangement. Exactly. and so i asked you where you loved going um around the world oh, yeah, 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 and you, I know, you might be shy to question, answer that question because some people kind of go well i can't say i love going to south korea because then what will um, well, <laughs> our what will home fans in mexico think or whatever <laughs> but what what there must be there are places where you know i mean i know obviously you guys lived in 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 ireland in dublin and you mm-hmm. went, you started off as if people don't know this you started off as buskers yeah. and made you know kind of you just rocked Lots up one money. day from mexico city mm-hmm. out of you know you're in a heavy you're in a thrash metal mm-hmm. band right. What's the scene, by the way, what's the, there's so many questions. We've got <laughs> a little bit more time. Tell us about the scene that you exited in Mexico City to go and be acoustic. Musicians in Ireland mm-hmm. for a decade. What was that like then, and what's that like now?
2: Well, we, it was the '90s, so when we wrote. We had our metal band with his brother, yeah, and so we were trying to become super famous and super successful, and we were just super not successful. Super not successful. <laughs> so uh, we kind of got tired, but um, you know, us thrash thrash mm-hmm. music, thrash metal music, and metal music is guitar based. Mm. so for us as a guitarist we always were attracted to guitar music no matter what we didn't see the borders other people seen you know for us was that's a cool riff or this is a cool rhythm and it's kind
1: of weirdly jazzy because it's super complex it's super virtuosic mm you know the best some of the best musicians are metal musicians right guitarists especially drummers Yeah.
2: yeah yeah you hear like some of the riffs the Pantera or Metallica in the old days uh, also make them. they're mm. really cool things to play they're fun so we were attracted to that and eventually we said listen we love music and we will love to continue music but let's quit this band and let's travel the world and take a guitar and it was so simple in our heads and <laughs> yeah. so we went yeah, to Yeah that sort of
1: like troubadour <laughs> Trivial vibe. I can imagine the first album cover, it's going to be me walking down the road with, an album, with, a, with guitar a guitar strung across guitar. my back like Dylan. And, 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 and we yeah. travel
2: the world. You
0: know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't as easy as that. So with the first place we uh, picked was Ireland. And we thought, oh, we could stay there for two weeks and then go to London for another two weeks. And then we can go to just like that, mm-hmm. you know. And so we stayed in Ireland the first time for a year. Wow. But it was incredible because we found, Grafton Street found us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the kind of bus, I mean, that's kind of like the, the. that's almost a venue, isn't it? I mean, it's and, such yeah, a busking exactly. centre in Dublin that that's it almost is a quasi-venue. Is about, yeah. place to be discovered, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and we
2: were so ignorant about Ireland. Mm. We didn't know anything, we were blind. But it was the right place to go because yeah. it's so musical and Irish people thought, oh, these these guys like they look like like cacatoos from the Brazilian forest. That's so exo-. We were so exotic.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of good, isn't it? It's there's it a nice generosity of spirit. I suppose also about doing that thing where you you're. You're playing for tips rather than playing. You're not selling tickets, I yes, suppose. I'm yes. sure you quickly beca- became ticket selling outfit. But I mean, you know, it's At a different
2: first, yeah.
1: relationship you have with your audience. People has, you know, they
0: have to stop on mm. their way to, to the office or whatever mm. if they like it. Um, and we, you know, the first time we busked, we had the police had to come because we were kind of obstructing right, <laughs> Grafton. Yeah. And that was that real story, though. But That's a great sign, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we,
2: we were scared. Well, I was scared because I didn't yeah. know anything. And mm. then yeah, the police. We were scared. Yeah. And there was also on the metal band when we played, there was like not really people. Hmm. And then we played on the restaurants in, in Cigua for a, a few months. We were doing like background music and people were just drinking. So the first time we actually were sitting and then all of a sudden, a bunch of people stopped and watching and they were watching, they were listening to us, watching Grafton. So that was scary. It was mm. like, ah, oh, no, get out. And I. Out of the sl- yeah, it's weird though, <laughs> when
1: you've been part of such a propulsive band and scene, you know, a very kind of lively scene and loud music. And then you go to somewhere where you know exactly. You're trying to escape being the lounge, the lounge uh, act the, the or something, the, act, the, hol- yeah. the hotel lobby act. Yeah, just the wall, you know. lobby man. Yeah. I can't yeah. quite imagine that being part of your <laughs> and in We a good were actually way.
0: playing on these little um, amps. <clears <clears throat> throat> we, yeah, that we mm. would sit on it and not even like looking up, and down and. Watching, like looking, like uh, shoes coming in and just getting into it, like fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, that? yeah, yeah. But going back to your question, uh, what country we would like to visit? Mm. Is no bullshit. But I think you know, each uh, country uh, has a lot of you know. We love traveling. Even before mm. becoming like a touring band, that was my dream. Just traveling and. But Japan is good. Yeah, Japan. Love,
1: love Japan. Yeah. Japanese audiences are quite polite. Yeah. But they kind of, then after a few Asahi's, I don't know if you've played Fuji Rock Festival. Or yeah, like yeah. That. yeah I mean, have, that's yeah. an amazing place. And yeah. those those audiences are so good. They're so knowledgeable. They're mm. kind of respectful, but then like, there's a tipping point where they go absolutely bananas. Yeah. You can't yeah, get exactly. them off the stage. Exactly. It's exactly. great.
2: Japanese bananas, they go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a super
1: fun place. Yeah. Amazing sort of variation of venues as well. Because I suppose you're playing, and yeah, I mean, you're playing big venues there and then you're playing festivals and, exactly. and you play Glastonbury here in the UK. It's
0: weird because you can play two big theatres in Tokyo. Mm. In Tokyo. Like mm. you play North Tokyo big theatre and then you just go back and play another in the South a big theatre.
1: It's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. And if you were you know, warming up for a show tonight at the Roundhouse, big show, fantastic venue, yeah. I'd be asking you, you'd probably, we'd probably be doing this interview a little bit later because... Singers don't like to come in early in the morning because mm-hmm. they're resting their vocal cords uh-huh. or they're just asleep. <laughs> um, <coughs> two amazing guitarists. What are your warm up? What are you, how do you keep your fingers supple? How do you what do you do? Do you kind of have the sort of heat warming glove thing like you have when you go skiing when you're on a chairlift yeah. when you go skiing to keep your hands warm? How what, what's your limbering up exercise? I
2: think uh, well for me it would be to play other stuff like pr- regular practice mm. that I do. But then I would ask Rod to maybe run the sets, you know, just run the full thing, Mm -hmm. because that would just keep focused and warm and just ready for the gig.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's an amazing thing. That's a hugely hard-working part of your body. Yeah. Perhaps with more stress on it because you're instrumental only. Yeah. And it's such a percussive way of playing and, and all the rest of it. Yeah. No, I just wonder. I was looking yeah. at your hands. They yeah. look... Uh, Actually, too. they st-
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> strong
1: fingers. I mean, they need
0: to be iced after we, sh- we finish the show. We right. ice them, you know, at our age. Well, my age. I'm getting... <laughs> and You know, my, my arm gets a little bit tighter, you know? Yeah. So I need to... To play slower.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, too bad you should have written the album <laughs> yes, you played. Yes. <laughs> um, when you go back home and you play in Mexico, I mean, you, you've been—you feel like for the last twenty years. I remember your first records coming out and loving those. You felt in a very good way, like international property. You know, like we all own you. But what happens when you do go home and you play maybe to some of the audiences, similar audiences that you might have been playing to twenty years ago? Or 25 When you were in, was it called Terra Terra Acida? Acida. Mm -hmm.
2: Terra Acida. What does that mean? Acid Earth. Acid Earth. Yeah, okay,
1: very positive.
2: Very positive. positive.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's a tropical apocalypse coming soon. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Acid Earth.
2: (laughs) The people, our audience in Mexico, they're great. Mm. They're just like great people, music lovers. They love music. They would love also. The similar taste that we have, you mm-hmm. know, like metal from Pink Floyd to Beatles to mm-hmm. all of that sort of thing. So we love them. I guess we are considered a like niche band, right? Like a band that is not on the big pop. Beatles, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, I don't think so. Mm. When we won the Grammy. I think we got more mentioned probably in Ireland or in anywhere in the right. world, uh, the, in the States, I think it's, than, uh, you than know, actual Mexico. Believe it hmm. or
0: not, a lot of Mexicans, they don't think we are Mexicans, actually. Because we right. we don't live there. I mean, we half of the time we live there, but most of the time when we started careers, we weren't there for hmm. many years. We uh, started touring everywhere else in many uh, before we play Mexico, and we
1: don't play Mexico that often. But when we go, we love it beautiful well thank you for talking us through the new record it's a thank wonderful you. thing and it's so great to have you in the room rodrigo e Gabriela. Uh, the people you. themselves <laughs> thank you very much thank, thank time you And that's all for this week. Rodrigo e Gabriela's new album, In Between Thoughts, A New World, is out now. Monocle on Culture is produced by Sophie Monaghan-Coombs and Steph Changu. And Steph also edits the show. We'll be back at the same time next week. But until then, from me, Robert Bound, thank you for tuning in.